This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Aha! Greetings, class, and welcome to Counting School, where what you learn really counts. I am your teacher, the Count. Do you know why they call me the Count? Because you love to count things! Very good, class. <laughs> this is one, one very smart class. Ah, ah, ah. And now, class, did you know that you can count things in many different ways? No, Mr. Count! Oh, good. Then I will teach you the different ways to count things, and we will count them. Are you ready? Yes, Yes, Mr. Count! Okay, here goes. Follow a Tatum. The two. Tatum, a step back three. Yes! Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, yes, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty! A few moments later. Tatum throws it up, banks it home, count it in a foul. Yeah, yeah, thirty. 31, 32, 140, Jason Tatum, 60 points in the game. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing, how are we doing? And welcome to episode 123, episode 123 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, The Marky P Show, Drinks After Work, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, It's Always Something with JD and of course big night breaks if you are into sports cards and folks it wasn't the best week for the Boston Celtics they went two and two this week and the last like I don't know two minutes of the game last night against the Portland Trailblazers was an absolute disaster Jalen Brown Jason Tatum they collided into each other both of them limped off the floor Jalen Brown actually went to the locker room not the greatest scene in the world but uh why don't we just break down the Eastern Conference standings with our brand new segment Banner Banter Podcast, Eastern Conference Standings Watch. All right, so the Banner Banter Podcast, Eastern Conference Standings Watch. The Celtics are currently 34-31. and 31. They are in seventh place in the Eastern Conference, which means they would be playing in the play-in game versus the Hornets right now. And basically what the NBA has done, for those of you that aren't aware, they basically give the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seed to kind of fight it out to see who's actually going to be the 7th and 8th seed. It's a cool concept, but with a... The, with the way that the season has just been so compacted this year and the amount of games that all these 
players have been playing and the amount of basketball they've played from last August to now, maybe not the best year for it. Maybe down the road when the schedule's more spread out and they're not trying to play catch up, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but let's let's be honest. Right now, the Celtics would have to play the Charlotte Hornets in the first round, and they would just have to beat the Charlotte Hornets, I believe, once. It might be twice. It's it's a little confusing, but I believe if they just beat them once, they're automatically getting the seventh seed, and then the Hornets then have an opportunity to play for the eighth seed against whoever wins the nine and ten, like, best two out of three series. It's it's kind of all over the place, but right now, the Celtics are in that spot. They're one game behind the Miami Heat, and this is how the the week went for the Celtics. I mean, they had a horrific embarrassing loss to the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I know they were missing a bunch of players. Kemba wasn't playing. Tatum wasn't playing. Time Lord wasn't playing. The list goes on and on. But at the end of the day, you got to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they just didn't do that. Then second night of a back-to-back, Jason Tatum comes back. He beats the Charlotte Hornets 120 to 111. Then they had a ridiculous 32-point comeback against the Spurs, where Jason Tatum dropped 60 points. They won that game in overtime, 143-140. to And then last night, they lost to the Portland Trailblazers, which was a fun, super cool, fantastic game. I was there at TD Garden. It was a lot of fun until about the last, like, four minutes, maybe even the last five minutes. Either way, ugh. I wanted this team to go 3-1 and one this week. I said last week on episode 122, the last thing this team needed was to go 2-2 two and two because it would affect them in the standings, and it did. And they're currently literally in the seventh seed, one game out, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, one game out of the, what's, of not playing in the play-in series. I, yeah, that's the best way to, to put it. And the way this team's injuries have gone, uh, how they're dealing with COVID. Last night, Evan Fournier talked about how he feels like he has a concussion, like with how he, when he plays basketball because of how much COVID has affected him, which is scary to hear. And I really hope that Evan is okay and battles through it. But right now it's really not looking great for the Boston Celtics. I mean, they are two and a half games behind the New York Knicks who are currently in the fourth spot. Last week they beat the Raptors. Uh, let's see, they beat the Raptors and they beat the Bulls, but they lost to the Suns. They started their West Coast road trip last night with a win against the Rockets. And then this week they have the Grizzlies, the Nuggets, the Suns, and the Clippers. So that is kind of good news because the Grizzlies are battling for a playoff spot in the Western Conference for sure. Right now they are currently the eighth seed, so most likely they'll be playing in the play-in series as well. Then you have the Denver Nuggets, who's the third seed with, with you could argue, the MVP candidate and Jokic. So we get to see Julius Randle, who's been on an absolute tear versus Jokic. Then they already lost to the Suns earlier this year. The Suns have been playing terrific basketball. They've won like 7 out of 10. And then the Clippers. And the Clippers are the fourth seed. They're only half game behind the Nuggets, so they're playing really good basketball as well. I mean, the, the Nuggets have won 9 out of 10. So this isn't going to be an easy stretch. But can the Celtics beat the teams that they're supposed to beat because they haven't been able to do that as of late? And then you have the Atlanta Hawks. And the Atlanta Hawks currently are... Yeah, the, the Hawks are one game ahead of the Celtics, but remember, they own the tiebreaker with the Celtics. So if the Hawks and the Celtics have the same exact record at the end of the year, the Hawks will get the higher seed, and that could be the difference in the play-in series. But the Hawks last week, they lost three out of four games, once against the Pistons, twice against the 76ers, and then this week they have the Portland Trailblazers, who have been playing really good basketball as of late. You saw it last night, playing against the Celtics, if you're listening on Monday or the other night, if you're listening on Tuesday, and then the Phoenix Suns and the Indiana Pacers, who the Indiana Pacers have been playing some pretty good basketball as of late. And I mean, not nothing seller, but they've been playing some pretty good basketball, and they'll also be in the play-in series as well. And then the Miami Heat, who 
beat the Charlotte Hornets last night. They moved ahead of the Boston Celtics in the standings. Uh, this week they have the Mavs, the Timberwolves, and then the Celtics. And, oof, I mean, the Mavs will be a tough game for them, so go Mavs. The Timberwolves, they've been fun to watch lately. Anthony Edwards finally getting it. D'Angelo Russell, Cat. they all seem like they're gelling well, but I, I don't know if they can they can beat the Heat. I mean, they, the Timberwolves did beat the Jazz last week, so we'll see. But um, And then... What did the Heat do? The Heat won three out of four games last week, and the Celtics went two and two. And what do you know? If the Celtics won three out of four games this week, like they should have, like they should have beat the Thunder. And then, you know, if you lose to the Trailblazers or the Spurs, it is what it is, which I was expecting, you know, just to lose to one of them, they would still be in the sixth spot. So super, super tough week for the Celtics in the standings. I, I cannot stress to you enough how much this team does not need to play in the play-in. And I hope Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, Wick, Jay Larignaga, whatever, however you pronounce his name, anyone who is not a player, just literally they just shove down the player's throat like you cannot play in this play-in series. This team does not need it injury-wise. It should not happen in any way, shape, or form. But let's talk about something that was really cool this week, and that was Jason Tatum dropping 60 points. Absolutely incredible. You guys heard my little ridiculous intro. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope it hopefully it made you laugh to start off your week. But um he's not going to be the stud this week because dropping sixty points against a Greg Popovich coach team is more than stud like. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean Jason Tatum in the month of April, this kid played fifteen out of sixteen games. He averaged thirty six minutes a night, which is a lot of minutes. I don't care how old how old, how young, how good shape you are, that's a lot of minutes in the NBA, especially with how compacted compact like this season is it's just try and throw as many games together as possible so i really give jason tatum a lot a lot of credit there i mean he took 20 shots a night on average he shot about 47 percent from the field 41 percent from three 88 percent from the line averaged nine rebounds which is ridiculous for him to do for the entire month of march because he wasn't doing that earlier in the season but the fact that he realizes he needs to do a little bit more which is great four assists and three turnovers averaging 29 points a game absolutely ridiculous now I know I talked last week about Tatum's turnovers and how they, they have to stop. Like last night against the Portland Trailblazers, he had six turnovers. Like that has to stop. But the sneaky best part about Jason Tatum dropping 60 points the other night, he what, took 37 shots, 36, 37 shots, played for 45 minutes, and he had zero turnovers. Unbelievable. Now, I know he took 17 free throws, which is great. But for Jason Tatum to play that much, that many minutes and have zero turnovers is great. That means he just didn't give a damn about what Greg Popovich threw at him, which is very impressive because you could argue that Greg Popovich is one of the top three, maybe even top two, top five, whatever the case may be. He's one of the best NBA coaches of all time. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. And the improvement that Tatum has, I feel like maybe he's finally feeling healthy post-COVID, or at least you hope. I mean, in February... Tatum averaged 20 shots a game as well, but he only shot 39%. That's 8% better. That's a huge difference in why the Celtics, A, have been winning a little bit more than they were in February, and B, why Jason Tatum's able to drop 60 points in the game. But the question is, can this continue? And can Jason Tatum stay motivated enough to be an elite superstar in the league? Because I don't want to sound like Hot Take McGee here, because Jason Tatum is a superstar. He is an all-NBA-type player, but he's not an elite superstar yet he's just not there yet and you know what that's okay I mean I could name 10 other guys 
that we could go back and forth on that are most likely better than Jason Tatum. You got Jokic, Embiid, Luka, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi, Giannis, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, James Harden. And, you know, those are 10 guys right there that I think are elite branded superstars. Jason Tatum is literally on the cusp of that. And Tatum can and he will get there. He's just not there yet. And that's okay. We have to be patient because I would rather enjoy this growth that we've seen from Jason Tatum when he got drafted. Like, if you remember Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron James, and I hate to bring that up because Jason Tatum has done so many other great things with his basketball team, but if you remember how young he looked then when he dunked on him in game, when Tatum dunked on LeBron in game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals when LeBron was on the Cavs, to now, he's, he's grown, he's matured, he's gotten bigger, he, the game slowed down for him. This is the stuff that I want to enjoy, which brings me to my next point about Mike Gorman. And Mike Gorman last week on Toucher and Rich, which is on 98.5 The Sports Hub. They're part of the Beasley Media Group, B-Pod Studios. I also have a podcast with B-Pod Studios, NASCAR Podcast, Wicked Fast Podcast. Check it out. It's with myself and Brian Bell. It's a lot of fun. We have like over 190 episodes. Go check it out. But anyways, last week, Mike Gorman talked about how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't ready to lead this basketball team yet. And I know a lot of people don't like bashing the superstars in this town because they're afraid to leave. You saw what happened to Mookie Betts, you know, over at Fenway. He didn't like playing here. You saw what happened to Kyrie and Gordon and Al Horford. And uh, it was just so many other athletes in the area. So I understand why people get a little sensitive when someone who works for the team, works for the broadcast, I don't want to say bashes them, but just doesn't think highly of them because I don't think what Mike Gorman said was a bash at all. I just think it was a really realistic look at how everything's been going for the Celtics so far. And he just didn't say that basically Tatum wasn't ready to be a leader. He just needed a 28 or 29-year-old veteran or veteran to get into the mix, which I, which I agree because Al Horford was a great leader at the time when he was here, but Tatum wasn't ready. I mean, Tatum was 19 years old when Al Horford was here trying to lead this team and it wasn't his team yet. So he was just trying to make sure that he could be the best player that he could be to eventually lead. And then obviously Kyrie didn't help. Gordon Hayward wasn't a leader when he was here in any way, shape or form. Kemba hasn't helped leader wise. And eventually Tatum will be a leader. And I'm perfectly okay with what Gorman said because it's true. Like, they're just not ready yet. Now, next year, they better be ready. They're going to be, you know, 24, 25 years old, Jalen and Jason at that time. But the thing that bothers me about people flipping out about the Mike Gorman thing is two things. The first is you got to listen to the whole interview because he actually defended Jason Tatum and said that any 23-year-old that has the amount of stuff that Jason Tatum has on his plate is way too much for a 23-year-old to have on their plate. It's ridiculous to, I mean, imagine being 23 years old, having a kid, being the best player on the most historic NBA franchise, plus doing commercials, media, having to play 40 minutes a night in the NBA, just the wear and tear on your body and doing a, a, a bunch of other appearances, blah, blah, blah. And I know I sound like a douche, like, oh, it's so hard for him, but that's, but when you talk about leadership in the NBA, it's, I don't want to, I'm trying to say this the right way. So I don't absolutely sound like a complete douche canoe, but like Jason Tatum's real world is the NBA. You know, like my real world is the content industry. Your real world might be finance, whatever the case may be. But in Jason Tatum's situation, he has a lot on his plate at a young age. And 
that he's going to have to learn how to handle that. And I think he's done a great job. And even Mike Gorman complimented Tatum on how he's been handling things. He's just not ready yet. And I know I don't bash Brad Stevens a lot, but Brad Stevens also has to help him along the way too, because let's be honest, Brad Stevens hasn't been the best with superstars. He hasn't been that great with Gordon. He hasn't been that great with Kyrie. You, you know, I don't know how to complain about Kemba because the dude's always happy. He's just been hurt. He's just had shit luck. But Jason Tatum dropping 60 points the other night, folks, was absolutely incredible. Jason Tatum's going to be all NBA again this year, which is absolutely incredible. He's right there on being a top 10 player in this league. I don't think he's there yet. And you know what? That's okay because next year he's going to be more mature. He's going to get bigger. He's going to see everything so much better and be more of a leader. And Everything's going to come together for them. Now, whether that's with Brad Stevens, without Brad Stevens, that's, you know, TBD. But Jason Tatum scoring 60 points against one of the best coaches in the NBA and can carry this team to definitely a first-round win for sure. The second round, who the hell knows? Jason Tatum's there. He's right there. We just got to be patient with it and enjoy it, and I promise you, we'll even enjoy it more than we did that 60-point performance the other night. Now, speaking about great performances, let's get into Stud and Dud of the Week. I know I made a little bit of a hiccup on episode 122. I forgot to put in the music. I think I just hit save too early, but this time I'm definitely going to put it in. So please, Timmy G, put the music on. Let's go. And now, it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. Alrighty, here we go, your stud and dud of the week for episode 123 on the Banner Banter Podcast. Your stud of the week is Aaron Neesmith. Yep, that's right. I know last week he was the dud, but he's improved a great deal in the last week. Like, he didn't take a step. He took a leap. Brad Stevens gave him an opportunity. He went balls to the wall. He started making shots, and it worked. I mean, if he's getting shots making those shots, bringing the energy on both ends of the floor. He's been great on some offensive rebound tips. He's just been, he literally looks like a chicken with his head cut off at times, like running around with all the energy, just like uh, 150%. And I love it. So like you look at the Hornets game, 15 points, nine boards, three blocks, and he made a couple threes. The Spurs game in 30 minutes, he had six boards, 16 points, and used every single one of his fouls. He got like five fouls. And then, and that shows his aggression which I absolutely love, and I think it's great. And last night against the Portland Trailblazers, <clears throat> excuse me, Brad even ran more plays for him. He's now 13 of 21 in his last seven games on three-pointers. You love that. You really and truly do. I mean, he scored 16 points again last night against the Portland Trailblazers, 6 of 7 shooting, 4 of 4 from 3, was a plus 11, and again had five fouls. Like, he uses every single one of his fouls up, and it's great. So the question is, can this continue? Because, you know, I see a lot of people like, oh, he's a steal of the draft now. And like, all that. like pump the brakes, folks. The, the, the kid has had a couple good games for sure. Yes, he's made 13 out of 21 in his last seven games. But before that, he missed like, I think he, what did I tweet out? I tweeted out something during the game last night. I think he's like 30 of 69 or no, 23 of 69 before this past week. So like he, he's come a long way. And I'm happy for him because for for how bad the 2019 NBA draft was for the Celtics and then to see this 2020 draft actually be good with Peyton and Neesmith, you know, that's good because the 2019 draft, oh, 
between number 12 and Romeo Langford. Absolutely ridiculous for sure. So shout out to Aaron Neesmith. He gets the stud of the week this week. thought he did a really good job defensively, shooting the ball well, and he has really earned some minutes. Right now, if you're talking about a playoff rotation, it's going to be Tatum, Thompson, Smart, Fournier, Jalen Brown, Aaron Neesmith, the Time Lord, Pritchard, and maybe Romeo Langford. Maybe. He played, Romeo played 14 minutes last night. Who knows? But Aaron Neesmith has definitely earned the opportunity to get some playoff minutes or play-in minutes, depending on where the Celtics end up in the standings. And, and the dud of the week is Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, he hasn't been chewing the ball very well as of late. He got suspended for threatening an official after the game. He got taught, which was, yeah, the Thunder game. After the game, he threatened an official. And then last night against the Portland Trailblazers, he got tossed. In the last five games before the Trailblazers game, Marcus shot, Marcus shot, (laughs) Marcus Smart shot 22% from three, 22% from three from Marcus Smart. That's like, that's Romeo Langford like numbers, 35% from the field. And last night he shot four of 14 from the floor and three of nine from three. Awful. If Kemba isn't going to be healthy anytime soon, we need a third score. And luckily Evan Fournier last night went eight of 10, five of seven, 21 points, arguably his best game with the Celtics so far. But Marcus Smart scoring needs to step up. Yes, I understand he got eight rebounds. And yes, I understand he got eight assists, blah, 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 blah. But Marcus Smart getting tossed against the Blazers, not being there for the Hornets. I don't get it. Like, when is this going to end with him? I Listen, we all appreciate how balls to the wall Marcus Smart goes, but at some point, it's going to affect this basketball team. And I, it didn't affect them against the Hornets, and that's fine. But we could have used Marcus Smart out there towards the end of the game. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I would have loved to, to have Marcus Smart out there and challenge maybe C.J. McCollum or, or Damian Lillard. Not saying he's going to stop him, but a better chance than anyone else that was out on the floor. So Marcus Smart needs to get his shit together, because if not, I'm perfectly content moving on with him in the offseason trying to improve this team. I really am. Like, we had a good run. He's given some of the coolest, greatest, awesome hype moments in a long, long time. For sure. I'll always respect his Celtic pride, how hard he went, etc., etc. But, like, his game needs to improve. Some of the turnovers that he made last night made me want to just literally walk out of TD Garden, climb over to the Zakum, and jump off. It was awful. I I don't understand it. Like, just some lob passes that were just so stupid, and then just missing wide-open threes. And I understand that, like, guys have off nights. I really do. But in the five games before the Trailblazers game, he shot 22% from three. That is horrific. So hopefully Mark is smart can get his shit together and help this basketball team because they have an important week coming up. So they got three games this week. Wednesday, on the road, in Orlando at 7 p.m. That's That has to be a win. You're better than them. Win. Then Friday, in Chicago. I hate... I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago when they lost to the Bulls on that Monday night game at TD Garden on Marathon Monday. That game is going to cost the Celtics the play-in series. And the Oklahoma City Thunder game might too. Okay? But... Friday night in Chicago against the Bulls at 7.30. You have to win that. And then Sunday, May 9th, it's Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to the GOAT, Joe Cool. But the Celtics have to beat the Heat twice. They have two opportunities for them to beat the Miami Heat twice. And I'll explain that in about two minutes. But Sunday, 1 p.m. 
at TD Garden, so important. Okay, but the Celtics have beat the Orlando Magic this year, who they play Wednesday night at 7 p.m. They beat them twice this year by the by an average of 21 and a half points. That's good news. And the Celtics have today off, and they have Tuesday off. Great news. Okay, the other night, former Boston Celtic Mo Wagner dropped 24 points in 34 minutes. Mo Wagner. We didn't like Mo Wagner here. Sure, he had some spurts that were cute and adorable and all, but overall, huh, all set. Cole Anthony, he's had a nice rookie season. He's had some injuries. RJ Hampton is kind of finding his spot there after being part of the Aaron Gordon trade with the Nuggets. Dwayne Bacon has been one of their better players as of late, scoring more than 20 points in, a, like, I think two or three out of his last five games. But this game's super simple. Defend and ball movement. I was super bummed last night. The Celtics had, what, 29, maybe even 30 assists, and they moved to 21 and 24 this season with 25 assists or more because they moved to 21 and 3 with 25 assists or more against the Spurs. But anyways, and then the Bulls game. Holy mother of God, just please don't lose this game. Please, 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 please please don't lose this game. Zach Levine should still be out since he's dealing with COVID because the thing with the NBA players, it's just not like having the COVID for the 10 days or whatever. It's getting back into shape after that because it's really hurt people. And if you guys have an opportunity to listen to Evan Fournier's postgame interview last night, check it out. It is heartbreaking stuff. And the fact that he played 34 minutes last night and dropped 21 points with everything that he said is absolutely wild. But here's the thing. A couple weeks ago on Marathon Monday, when the Celtics were playing the Chicago Bulls, the Celtics scored 18 points total in back-to-back quarters. So 18 in the second quarter, 18 in the third quarter, which is so embarrassing for this team. Yes, I understand Jason Tatum got his first career triple-double in this game, but he also shot 3 of 17 that game, so let's hope that doesn't happen again. Marcus Smart was out with the bug. Hopefully Marcus can come in, help a little bit. Who knows? But this game, they also played number 12, 22 minutes. 22 minutes. Now, in the last four games combined, number 12 has only played 20 minutes. But up, 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 up. I'm loving it. That's all I'll say about that. So, before we end the podcast, we have to talk about Sunday. Sunday is a big, 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 big game versus the Miami Heat at TD Garden at 1 p.m. If the Celtics win this one, they win the tiebreaker over the Miami Heat, which could make or break playing in the playing series. They also play the Miami Heat Tuesday night at TD Garden, which on the 11th. So not this Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. So they have two opportunities to beat the Miami Heat once. That's it. Hey, if you beat them twice, don't tempt me with a good time, but just beat them once. That's all you got to do. You win that tiebreaker. That's all you got to do. I cannot say this enough. They have one shot and then another shot on Tuesday to beat the Heat. Just, just beat them once. If, this, if the Heat and the Celtics finish with the same record and the Celtics win one more game, they'll have the higher seed. Like, that's it. That's all that it is. It's so important. It really and truly is. Now, no one probably realizes that, and that's okay, and that's why you're listening to the Banner Banter Podcast. Thanks so much. Don't forget to, sub- to uh, subscribe and rate. But in the last game, the Heat's offense it has been better than the Celtics in the last handful of games. But it's the Celtics' defense that has improved a great deal. The Celtics' defense in the month of April was the 8th best defense in the NBA. The month before that in March, it was 25th. So the Celtics' defense has improved. And if you're just like looking, I, I know, you know, the Jay-Z lie, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But like the eye test wise, you'd be like, the Celtics' defense got worse. No, no, I, I, I guess the entire league's defense got worse because they jumped 17 spots in one month. So... Right now, you could say that the Celtics' defense is better than the Heat's defense, which is usually the other way around. 
But the Celtics need defense. They need to buckle down defensively against this team. Spo is obviously going to throw a 2-3 zone or that extended uh, or the extended wing 3-2 zone that he did in the Eastern Conference Finals in the bubble. Ball movement, ball movement, ball movement. This is one of those games where if the Celtics have less than 25 assists, they're going to lose the game. I promise you that. And, hey, the Heat, they're not that great on the road this year. They're 15-6 and six on the road. Tyler Harrow has been out with a foot uh, injury, and they may not have Tyler Hero for that game, and w- which could be good. I mean, but the best player for this Heat team, minus Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson and Jimmy Butler, has been Kendrick Nunn. In Kendrick Nunn's last 10 games, heading into Sunday's action, 18 points per game in the last 10 games. But to me, the biggest matchup is going to be on the bench. I, ho- I hope Time Lord, his knee, he is is going to be okay enough to get off of his minute restrictions because to me that's really important. I want the Time Lord to start, not Tristan Thompson. But the big matchup to me is Deadman versus Thompson off the bench and then Drogic versus Pritchard. Because if you look at it, Kendrick Nunn and Kemba, let's just say they're even. Then you have Marcus Smart and Duncan Robinson, let's say they're even. Then Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, you know, all those guys kind of even themselves out. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown deal with this 2-3 zone, what Brad Stevens does with it. But, folks, it's a must-win game. It really and truly is. But that's it for Episode 123 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like the podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms or your favorite podcast platforms i can i should say you can find me on the twitter machine at banner banter 18 or on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast and that's it for this week thanks so much for listening we'll talk soon toodles and noodles x's and o's Bye-bye. sorry but i'm gone i'm history and i dedicated my life to the boston Celtics. i dedicated my life to the fans of boston i did my very best to please each and every one of you Good night.